Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And a good Saturday morning to you. Get those lawn and garden questions ready for Julie Weisenhorn and our turf expert, John Trappy from the University of Minnesota. Good morning to the both of you. Hey, hey, Danny. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Hope you are, Julie <laughs> and John. Uh, good morning. It, 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 good morning, John. I, uh, I'm thinking I, I almost, I think I heard my lawn and shrubs uh, have a big sigh of relief. <laughs> over the last, I swear I heard it. Uh, but things are lo- really looking good, and I, I want to alert our listeners, uh, Julie, as, as you know, uh, John visits us from time to time. John is, again, our turf expert from the U. And if you have any kind of a lawn question, any kind of a turf question, this is your day today. Uh, and uh, Julie, of course, here to answer all the other questions as well. So, And, and, and with that in mind, we are, in fact, we're, we're already getting busy with a bunch awesome. of text messages. 
So uh, call or text 651-461-9226. Julie, I wanted to ask John something I noticed uh, with all this rain here in our yard. I thought much of my front yard was a lost cause. And I mentioned it to my wife. I thought, you know what? This stuff has come back. I mean, this has got to be pretty tough grass. Yeah, it's you know ma- many turf grasses or most turf grasses that we grow in our lawns uh, tend to go dormant when they're stressed, uh, especially for drought or heat or, or things like that. So, you know, getting getting these cooler evening temperatures and then you know getting these really big uh, rain gushers are great for you know allowing them to recover and and you know come back from the dormancy. It was well, nice just- too that it was kind of nice too that the rain was pretty steady all day. It wasn't. Yeah. You know, we didn't get all of it in an hour, which has been exactly what we've been getting in the past. No, that was right, a perfect pace. I just want to alert our neighbors. I still have work to do. I know you don't have to remind <laughs> me. But, but in the meantime, uh, we accept uh, and would welcome your phone calls if you'd like to call and chat with Julia or John or send a text uh, like some folks prefer to do, 651 Nine two two six. Julie, what else uh, can can we do? And um, maybe I should just ask you, what are you doing with your garden these days? Well, once it dries out, uh, I'm going to be planting bulbs, and this is a good time of year to do any kind of those spring bulbs, like tulips, daffodils, crocus, uh, muscari, all of these great bulbs that come up early in the spring. And uh, also looking at planting garlic. So I have a whole bunch of garlic that I'm going to be planting as well. And you just break the cloves off of the bulb of garlic, and then each of those becomes a garlic plant for next year. So um, you can plant up until, boy, probably uh, after a frost even. So so this is, uh, this is a great time to do that. Excellent. Uh, John, I know we're going to get these questions. We already got a bunch of questions uh, about lawns, Great. John. But you know what? Let's do this. I see Phyllis has just called in from Star Prairie. Maybe we could find out what uh, Phyllis has on her mind. Thanks for calling, Phyllis. What is your question? Uh, good morning. I have two different kinds of shrubs, plenty of them. Uh, one is the spirea <laughs> type, and the other is alpine. In the fall, um, I've always cut my spirea down real close to the ground, and been, it's been successful coming back. The alpine, I've been kind of reading, and you don't cut those back in the fall? Uh, you're talking probably about an alpine current. Does that sound yes. familiar? Okay. So those you do not, those are more of a foliage plant. They have some small kind of insignificant flowers, but those are, uh, you would just prune those as you would to shape them. So you don't necessarily cut them completely down. The only time you would is if you if that plant has become really overgrown or oddly shaped or something. But you really can just prune those uh, probably in the spring before the leaves open up. You could probably do a good, uh, just kind of a shaping of that plant. Okay. John, here's one. Uh, texter says, if I had my lawn aerated this past week, would this still be a good time to seed my lawn? Yeah, we're that's a great question because from a timing standpoint, I think you'd almost be better off uh, waiting a few weeks until the soil temperatures actually get cooler, uh, and it would effectively turn into a dormant seeding. And what that means is, is you're basically seeding and, and counting on the seed to be worked down into the soil with the with the freeze thaw cycle, and it would germinate and emerge uh, next spring, sometime in mid to late May. 
So it's kind of a great strategy for, for doing that, even if you didn't aerate or if you're just trying to improve your lawn over time. Uh, that's a really great strategy for you know minimal inputs, not having to work the soil or really anything. You just allow that freeze-thaw cycle and then snow and rain over the winter to uh, get the seed down into the soil. Yeah, that one uh, that question has been on my mind as well. And I, th- I thought that that was going to be your answer. Uh, this uh, listener says, I planted a double knockout rose in pink aster this spring. I also have a small strawberry patch. Can I use leaves for winter mulch, or do I need to find straw, and when should mulch be put down? Leaves are great. They're a readily available (laughs) material that's on probably everybody's lawns, and you can rake those up and use those to uh, to mulch your plants, so mulching the strawberries. Um, Around the rows, probably one of the uh, easiest ways to do that is to actually create a fence around it, uh, this will protect it from animal browsing, but then pack that fence full of leaves. So uh, create that ring. I like to use hardware cloth, and I would make it a four-foot uh, hardware cloth uh, ring just because we had so much snow last year. We might not this year, but I know a lot of people called in last, uh, you know, over the winter and, and later this spring with animal browsing because their fences weren't tall enough for all that snow we had. So Four feet is a good height. It looks kind of wanky, you know, until it starts to snow. It's real tall. And but uh, and then pack it full. Four feet is a good height. It looks kind of wanky, you know, until it starts to snow. It's real tall. And but uh, and then pack it full of leaves. Okay. Texter says, John, uh, when should we stop mowing? Well, if it rains anymore, I think we'll be doing this for a while. <laughs> Maybe. I. You know, it, it really just depends on how much more, uh, you know, warmer days that we get so i would just say mow as needed uh and you know if you are going to be mowing i would just continue to mulch the 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 leaf clippings and return them and the same thing is true with the tree leaves just try to do that as much as possible uh save yourself some work from having to pick up leaves and just mulch them and get some fertilizer benefit from those tree leaves into your lawn uh, so really just try to do that as much as possible. Eventually, you know, we might get to a point where you get too too many tree leaves and, and it's worth picking them up. But, uh, yeah, I would just mow as needed. Some folks, you know, are questioned whether or not they should lower their mowing height going into the winter. Uh, I think you can gradually lower it down, but I wouldn't lower it too much. You know, down to two and a half inches or so uh, would probably be just fine. Okay. Hey, John, I have a question for you. Sure. At what temperature does our grass stop growing cold wise not heat so you can get you can actually get a little bit of growth even down into the 40s um, the high 40s uh, so it's really you know it really just kind of depends some cool season grasses can grow all the way down to freezing temperatures but oh, most wow. of the turf grasses that we have growing uh, they typically sh- start shutting down in the mid mid to high 40s so it looks like with I'm looking at the sched- at the weather forecasts for the next 10 days. It looks like we're going to have 50s through the next week and a half. So our grass is technically going to still be growing, thinking about mowing? Yeah. I, soil temperatures determine everything, okay. not necessarily the air temperatures. And and so far, we've had still pretty warm soil temperatures. So I, I suspect that it's going to be, you know, we still have another two weeks of growth. Got it. Very Thank good. Thank you. <laughs> Texter says this, then we'll take a quick break. Good morning. I'd like to winter my mandevilla under a grow light. Do you think one bulb would be enough? Depends how big that plant is. I was just looking at uh, my friend Gary's mandevilla uh, last night uh, or at a houseplant clinic, 
uh, and it was huge. And you would need a very, you know, much larger uh, than, you know, more than just one bulb. So you can buy different kinds of grow lights too. You can buy large rectangular grow lights that will cover more, uh, more plant material. Um, so it really depends on how big that plant is now. Okay. Hang on, Julie and John. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, this is your day, 651-461-9226. Here in the Twin Cities, we do have uh, currently 46 degrees. We should hit about 54 today. Uh, Come uh, Monday, we'll hit 56. Tuesday, 61. Wednesday, near 63. Right now, 46 here on Newstalk 830 WCC. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning for Julie Weisenhorn and John Trappy from the University of Minnesota. I know we have callers, we have texters, uh, Julie and John, but we always like to mention, and for good reason, the Arboretum. What's oh going on, Julie, uh, at the Arb? Yeah, it's amazing. Well, certainly the colors are fantastic and the trees are looking beautiful. But we also have a newly expanded apple house. So if you've never visited the apple house, it's a great place to get your gua- your squash, your gourds, your pumpkins, and, of course, your University of Minnesota apples. Uh, we have the North Star uh, um, food truck back again with North Star donuts, which are delicious and dangerous. Uh, also <laughs> cider and coffee. Um, and we have great scarecrow displays. And this is kind of – this is exciting – but it's also a bit terrifying, but the winter lights tickets are already on sale. <laughs> so you can uh, be sure to save your or reserve your tickets as soon as possible for winter lights. Winter, now, for those who want to get out there, maybe never been out there, you have to arrange it online, right? That's right. Yes, you want to visit arb.umn.edu. And go ahead and put in your reservations and get the tickets for the date and time that you would like to visit. And that's the case for any visit. But be sure to get your winter lights tickets because they sell out really quickly. And I I always like to ask you when you're on, Julie, are the abiders, you guys playing at all anywhere? Well, thanks for asking. I appreciate (laughs) that. Yeah, so we are playing tonight at a new place for us called Jay's down under it is in buffalo minnesota so we start at eight o'clock eight o'clock eight o'clock i heard john trappy's going to be playing bongos is that true <laughs> i keep wanting to get him out to hear us but that's a long drive for john you got to do it john it's uh, they're a lot of fun to listen to all right uh let's get back to business here when is it okay to trim the lower branches on my blue spruce trees well, you can trim those anytime, uh, and so yeah, you could go ahead and do that now. And you could use those branches actually to protect some of your plants over the winter. Just lay them on top of the plants. Okay, let's grab a phone call. I do believe Monica is on the horn, calling in this morning from uh, Bloomington. Thanks, Monica. What is your question? Good morning. My question is for John. Um, we have a company. They kind of t- come through the neighborhood. They did construction. They um, cut through people's lawns. They did uh, have a company reseed it, and they put a like a very lightweight mat that was intertwined with what looks to me like very fine either nylon or plastic kind of mesh, 
And the grass around that, of course, is quite long now. So I'm wondering, is that going to get caught up in the lawnmower? Should we pull that, like that netting up, the plastic or nylon? That is a great question, and it would it would really just depend on the type of、uh, material that they used for the germination or erosion control blanket that they put down.、Uh, most of them are meant to be permanent, where they are intended to just allow the grass to grow up through, and then they just naturally break down over time.、Uh, but some of them are a little bit more resilient than others and resistant to break down. So I would just say cautiously try to mow,、um, you know, as needed. Uh, and if you can try to do it when it's dry,、um, you know, and、uh, you know, I would just basically pay attention as you're mowing and just make sure that it's not getting pulled up through it,、uh, you know. And if it is, I would just try to let it grow out a little bit more and and allow the seedlings to grow through and kind of hold in that mat a little bit better、uh, if it is starting to pull up. It might be just a little bit too early to mow. Okay. This listener says, "This、uh, can I compost black walnut tree leaves? Will the juggalone break down so I can use the compost in my garden?"、Uh, I would probably say compost those leaves at a municipal compost site, only because our compost piles in our homes and on our home landscapes don't usually get hot enough. To destroy things like、uh, some of our pathogens, weed seeds, and also sometimes the juglone. So I, I would hesitate to use black walnut leaves on anything. I think I would bag them and haul them where they can really get heated up and break down sufficiently, to a municipal、okay. site. This listener wants to know why so few Japanese beetles this year. <laughs> Well, insects have population kind of、uh, rise and falls, and so this year it was just a, a more off year. I don't know, John. You and I have kind of theorized that maybe、um, it was the two summers of pretty dry, hot conditions, and didn't exactly make, didn't make it quite as、um, let's say larvae friendly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't.、Uh, not to be a downer or anything, but、um, <laughs> I, I think they're here to stay. So yeah, it, you know, I, it, take it, take it when we can get it. Yeah,、okay. just be thankful. <laughs> If you have a lawn or garden question, six five one four six one nine two two six. This texter says, "Is it too late in the season to spray for weeds, particularly creeping Charlie?"、Uh, right now is actually the best time to use selective.、Uh, Broadleaf herbicides、uh, in your lawns,、uh, and that's really just because the grasses themselves are, you know, under very little stress, and the plants, you know, the other broadleaf plants, they've used up a lot of energy flowering and growing throughout the year.、Uh, right now is generally one of the better times, especially for creeping Charlie and wild violet. Okay. True. Another、uh, lawn question. My lawn, the texter says, very bumpy to walk on. I heard this could be caused by earthworms. Will aeration help this? Do you think? Well, earthworms themselves are actually doing some aerating for you.、Uh, I wouldn't think that they could replace lawn aeration, but、um, you know, bumpy lawns from earthworms—it's definitely getting to be kind of a almost a nuisance.、Uh, where I'm getting a lot of phone calls or emails about that.、Um, I would, you know, I would recommend if you have a lawn roller that could be attached to, like, if you have like a riding lawn mower, they typically fill them up with water.、Uh, those can help smooth out that surface. Otherwise, it's really just、uh, putting up with you know kind of the the give and take with、uh, with earthworms, the 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 good and the bad with them. 
I know you've addressed the timing as far as grass seed uh, earlier in the show. This listener thinks or asks, is it too late to put grass seed down in bare spots? Uh, what do you think about just, just certain bare spots? Like I said, I would probably just wait uh, really two weeks or so until we get, uh, you know, a really good hard freeze. Uh, you know, generally speaking, that's around the same time that the soil temperatures are below when you're going to get some grassy germination. But if you really want to be safe, you could wait until the first or second week of November. Uh, and then that's what I would do just in case uh, if we did get any germination and emergence, uh, you know, in the next two weeks or so, it might they might end up winter killing uh, those yeah. seedlings. But if you dormant seed it, they won't come up until the spring, and uh, it ends up being just as good, if not even a slightly better establishment. Right. All right, John and Julie, hang on. We'll take a break for that forecast, and we'll be right back. We have about another half hour of the show to go. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO, stay with us. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, answering those lawn and garden questions, Julie Weisenhorn and John Trappy, our turf expert uh, from the University of Minnesota, 651-461-9226. That'll get you a phone call or a text question on our uh, lawn and garden show. Speaking of phone calls, Dick is calling in this morning, I believe, from Bloomington. Uh, Dick, thank you for waiting. What is your question, please? Yeah, thanks for your help. Um, I have some shrubs on the north side of my house that have died off. I'm just wondering, is there anything I can plant this time of year that I can keep trimmed to about four to five feet in height uh, to stay below the level of my windows? What would you suggest for the north side, uh, shady side of my house? I on a north side of the shady portion of the house, uh, you know, really, uh, even arborvitaes would work in that in that particular spot. Also, uh, some rhododendrons are typically low growing; they like the northern side of locations. Uh, I know, uh, you know, I think we can probably get Julie to address this question a little bit better when she gets back on. I think she may have just been disconnected. So, uh, asking the turf guy this type of question is probably out of my wheelhouse. All right, we'll circle back to it. Right, we're going to get that thing, uh, the, the technical end, uh, squared away here with with Julie. Uh, we still have a lot of many uh, lawn questions. Uh, good morning, Denny and John and Julie. I need to do a lawn restoration. Is it too late to lay sod? In fact, we have two or three other questions about laying sod. And I've heard, John, that you could you could lay sod. People do that pretty late late in the season. Yeah, that's one of the advantages behind the sod is the fact that you already have a uh, um, you already have a you know a living plant there, so um, you can lay sod even below freezing soil temperatures. You're probably not going to establish very well, and you might lose some of it. Uh, but you can absolutely continue to lay sod into the early winter. Uh, it's just okay. just understand it might there end up go. drying out. <laughs> Oh, we've got Julie back. Welcome back, Julie. Yep. Hello. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you're back. Um, should peony plants, another texter says this, be cut down in the fall or do insects winter in them? Well, most people like to cut the peonies down because they've got powdery mildew by now. 
And so you can just cut those back and throw them into your compost bin or, or take them to a municipal compost site. So, yeah, you can cut them back. Uh, I wouldn't worry about insects overwintering in peonies necessarily. It's usually the mulch, the leaf mulch that they want to be overwintering in. Okay. Can I cut down my endless summer hydrangeas? Uh, last year I had to cut out all the dead sticks in the spring, and arms took a real beating getting in there to cut dead sticks. That comes from a listener. Yeah, I would actually wait till spring to do that, uh, just because you can better see what branches are alive after the winter, because you might lose some of those over the winter. So just wait till spring and then do some cutting back. And I would encourage you to take a look at our website, extension.umn.edu. Under our trees and shrubs section of garden of yard and garden, we have a nice video on how to prune your hydrangeas and when to prune them. So take a look at that, and that will help kind of guide you for your different kinds of hydrangeas. I know we've had this question once in a while before, but John, uh, this texter says, is regular grass seed all right to use for dormant seeding? What would you consider an all-around good grass seed for dormant or any kind of seed? Well, I think, uh, you know, we do have a a link on, uh, if you just, it's actually not on the extension webpage uh, just yet, but it's on purchasing grass seed from the University of Minnesota. If you just type, if you just web search for purchasing grass seed from University of Minnesota, you'd you'd be able to find it probably in the first link. Um, but you know, I think any grass seed will work do- from a dormant with a dormant seeding. Uh, I would recommend buying pure seed, not something that's coated. Uh, I would also uh, recommend planting if you know if you are interested in trying to thicken up some areas. I would plant a mixture of multiple species of of uh, grass, so uh, things like Kentucky bluegrass, tall fescue, the fine fescues. Uh, I think all of those would be great options for filling in most most areas. All right, hey, another John, phone call coming John, in, Brad. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Julie. I was just going to say, how many vendors are on that list? Because that's a really handy list for people looking for good seed yeah. vendors. On that purchasing uh, grass seed webpage, uh, we probably have, I it's at least probably 30 or 40 different vendors okay. within the state of Minnesota that we know that sell quality grass seed. Um, right. and, and that can be a bit of a challenge, especially if you go to the bigger box stores. Um, you know, a lot of times you're buying something that mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of marketed towards just very generally everybody in the Midwest. And so right. we, we've, we've selected, or, you know, we know of uh, the retailers that we've put on that list that know, that sell quality seed. Great. All right. Good, uh, good, good thoughts. Brad is calling in from Wyoming, Minnesota, I do believe this morning. Thanks, Brad. What is your question? Yes. Thanks for taking my call. Um, over the last few years, I got uh, quite a large ant um, issue in my lawn. I've got little, small little ant mounds um, that have kind of come up during the summer last few years and it it makes the the lawn pretty rough and pretty bumpy and when i'm mowing it i just wonder if there's any suggestions or i've tried using um some ant killer that i can buy at the convenience store but it only lasts about a week or two and then they seem to come back again so any suggestions would be greatly appreciated yeah they're uh they're one of those issues that once you get them they're kind of there for a long time um you know i there are a number of insecticides that can work with that uh one thing that's you know a home remedy that i've seen that's worked is uh boiling water uh is pouring that down into the uh you know down into the colony itself but that's probably going to be a short short lived remedy 
uh, and it might even hurt your turf. Uh, so, uh, you know, there are a number of, uh, of insecticides that can work um, that are uh, effective. It really just depends on, you know, the, which product and, you know, and how it's used. Um, but uh, typically those are bait insecticides where, um, you know, you spread them over the surface. They're designed specifically for, for ants, uh, and they take them down into the colony, and, you know, they, they feed, you know, they feed in the colony, and then they end up, uh, you know, removing them. So uh, I would look for ant-specific insecticides that are baits because uh, those tend to work really well. Hey, John, is there anything that, I mean, it seems to me that when I've seen ants in lawns, it's usually pretty sandy soil. Is there anything that people can do to, to maybe, if they start to see anthills, they can amend their soil or do anything to Not- kind of deter them? Not that I know of, okay. and I think I think it's just more of like a sampling bias. Like you just see them where you know they tend to be more of a problem in sandier soils, but I'm sure they're pretty much everywhere. Okay. Uh, it's just they get to be an issue in in those sandy soils, and there's nothing that I know of from an amendment standpoint that would actually work uh, with them. Okay. Okay. Texter wants to know when can I start trimming my birch, maple, and locust trees. Well, you can start. You can prune those now. Uh, it should be fine. Um, birch and maple will bleed in the spring, so if you wait till winter, you might see some sap that's that seeps out of the wounds, and that's a natural occurrence for those plants. So you can still prune them even later into the winter and into the late winter too. Uh, you'll just see that sap flowing a little bit, but yeah, you could certainly prune those now. Okay. Doesn't say what kind of shrub or hedge, but uh, Texter <laughs> says I have shrubs in the hedge that was here when we moved in 49 years ago. Wow. I've trimmed it off and on, but it's huge. Trees growing in them, in fact. Uh, have someone coming in to cut them down with the hope they will come back in the spring. How short should they be cut down, do you think? Some of these shrubs, depending on what kind it is, can be cut all the way down to the ground. So, uh, again, it will hope, I'm glad they're bringing in a professional to do that. It can be a really big job, uh, but also that they should know then how far down to take those plants. Take the opportunity, though, once those plants are cut down, to, to weed out those weed trees that they mentioned. Make sure those get out of there so that they're not going to just re, regrow as your shrub uh, hedge regrows. Should the spirea be trimmed down for the winter, or is it best to leave them for trimming next spring? It depends on what kind of spirea. So we have spirea that are spring blooming, and they will bloom on new growth. So you can go ahead and uh, uh, you can cut those down. Uh, you would cut those down after they bloom in the summer. So once they finished blooming, then you would trim those. Uh, if you have summer blooming spirea, you would go ahead and cut. You could cut those down now. So these are spirea that bloom later in the season. Here's an interesting question: Can a homeowner use sand on their lawn like a golf course? <laughs> so you know, sand can be a really great uh, uh, technique for if you're trying to like smooth out an area or, you know, if you're trying to level something out, uh, it can be uh, pretty effective. Uh, one of the issues with that is, is a lot of times you might be able to get a, um, you might get some grass seed to grow up or you might get grass to grow up through it. And, te- you know, and you might get some drying out of that area. It might dry out a little bit faster, but generally, you know, over most Minnesota soils, 
you know, top dressing with a sand like that can be an effective way for, for smoothing it out. Tell you what, getting a signal, we need to take a, a quick break, but we we'll be back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show, 651-461-9226. We need to take a, a quick break, but we we'll be back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show, 651-461-9226. Our CCO temperature reading uh, right now, 46 degrees. We hope to hit a high of about 54 today, maybe 55 with partly sunny skies tomorrow. Again on CCO, 46 Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Reminder, next hour, Andy Lindis will be joining us, and we'll be answering those home improvement questions for you. Uh, back to uh, the text, uh, Julie. By the way, if you're just joining us, Julie Weisenhorn and John Trappy from the U of M answering those lawn and garden questions this morning. Uh, this listener, and maybe we can address uh, dormant seating maybe in more depth. Uh, they tried dormant seating last year, but the birds feasted on the seeds Question is, should the seed be covered with something? Yeah, you know, there's a uh, of a, a better better option would be to put down some kind of like a germination or emergence blanket, especially if it's a thin area already. Uh, you know, if you're dormant seeding into existing vegetation, a lot of times you don't need to have any kind of germination or erosion control blanket um, unless it's on a really sloped site. But, um, I, you know, we've, we generally don't have an issue with that. If you're really worried about birds or turkeys or whatever uh, you've got in your lawn, uh, one thing that you can do is just frost seed. And what that means is it's still the same thing as dormant seeding, but you'd be doing it in early or mid-March, right as the last uh, snow is melting. Uh, it's going to effectively work the same way. Uh, it's just you're not getting quite as much of that freeze-thaw cycle or rain or snow that's working that seed down into the soil, but it at least uh, restricts the amount that could be, you know, eaten up by birds and other voles and rodents. Okay. Another uh, follow-up on that, uh, the dormant seeding idea. Do you have to, texture says, rough up the soil to dormant seed? Nope. Uh, That's actually one of the benefits of the dormant seeding is that you're really just relying on that freeze-thaw cycle. So minimal soil disturbance. Uh, You can seed into existing thin turf areas or bare soil. Uh, It'll all work just the same. And we did have an issue when uh, Julie was disconnected with some technical (laughs) problems. Uh, Texter wanted to know or listener wanted to know about growing shrub a low-growing shrub on the north side of uh, the house. Sure. They're looking for three to five feet. Julie, you, you recommended what, a boxwood? Yeah, so there are some good, uh, sh- like Chicagoland is one of the uh, a, a zone four hardy uh, boxwood. And also there are some, there's a good dwarf yew called Nana, tax, uh, Texas Cuspidata Nana. And that's a great um, smaller plant, uh, creates a nice hedge, you can shear it into, you know, if you want a specific form, more of a formal look to it. And you could still probably plant now. Um, the problem we run into now is that we could have a nice long stretch of uh, a warmer late fall, but that's not a guarantee, is it? <laughs> so we already no. have parts of the state that have had 20s and have had hard freezes. So I would probably just put it on my to-do list for spring. And the advantage of that is that you also have the opportunity, that plant has the opportunity to, to really settle in and establish its roots uh, through the whole rest of the growing season next year. John, this listener says, what is the best way to eradicate quackgrass? Well, Ooh. quackgrass is a uh, creeping perennial, 
And a lot of times what you'll notice is it's the first one that's, uh, it grows a little bit faster than the rest of your lawn, and it's most of the time you'll see it on boulevards or next to driveways. Uh, it is uh, very difficult to control, probably the most difficult to control. And unfortunately, there's nothing that you can spray that would selectively kill the quack grass that, without harming your grass. So the best way, uh, quite frankly, is either to live, live with it or to use a non-selective herbicide like glyphosate or Roundup uh, and kill the entire area. Uh, and generally, that's going to take a couple of applications uh, over you know, a few weeks to make sure it's all, all killed. Uh, and then just start over. Yeah, it's a, a labor well, of probably love. one of the biggest grassy problems. Yeah, uh, the University okay. of Minnesota actually started creating some cultivars on it from a uh, from a breeding standpoint of a if you can't beat them, join them uh, strategy. <laughs> and uh, I don't know where that's ended up, but it's a uh, it's it's definitely a problematic weed in the landscape. This listener says we professionally get our ash trees treated to prevent the disease. Our neighborhood has a few ash still standing and many dead ones. How likely is it my tree will get em, uh, emerald ash disease? Oh, boy, that's that, if I had a crystal ball, I might be able yeah. to predict that. I don't really know. But you're doing the right thing by treating your trees. And, uh, and so, you know, we're fortunate in Minnesota to have great uh, arborists and who are certified. So that's, that's the best way, that's the best thing you can do at this point. Okay. This listener, I know our time is limited here, but what is the best analysis, listener says, texter says, for lawn fertilizer for fall application, and can a seed germination chemical be added to it? Uh, good question on the seed germination chemical. The, the fertilizer analysis, uh, I would recommend not using a fertilizer that has phosphorus. So nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are the three numbers in a row on a <laughs> fertilizer label. Um, and in Minnesota, unless you have a phosphorus-deficient soil or you're establishing a new lawn, uh, you cannot use a phosphorus-containing fertilizer. So, um, so um, with that said, I, something that is going to, especially this time of year, I would use fertilizer products that have more urea in them. They're going to be water-soluble, very quick release, uh, and plants available. Anything else may not be taken up by the plant and uh, you know, may present some other issues. As far as with the germinating uh, benefiting, uh, I, you know, I'm not familiar with that. Most of the plants really can't tell the difference between nutrients on the source of the nutrient. So, um, you know, as far as uh, the, the type or the makeup of the fertilizer, granular fertilizers work, work great. Um, you know, and like I said, use a dry, uh, dry-based urea is uh, probably the best thing that I would be looking at. Uh, for a fertilizer source this fall. A lot of winterizer fertilizers that you'll see on the, on the store shelves, all that that means is they have just a little bit more potassium, something like a, uh, like a 24010, for example. Uh, that would be a typical winterizer fertilizer. Uh, it just means more potassium. Uh, but depending on your soil test, uh, which I recommend everyone to have done, uh, depending on your soil test, that added potassium in that fertilizer product may not even help. Uh, we touch on that subject once in a while. How, how do our listeners get a soil test taken care of? How do we do that? Well, they can do it them, themselves. It's fairly easy. All you need is just a hand trowel or a little hand shovel and just sample. Uh, depending on your lawn size, you probably want somewhere around about uh, 10 to 15 uh, subsamples. You, you mix all those up into a plastic bucket. 
uh, and then you just put those into a Ziploc bag, and you can you can drop them off in the St. Paul uh, soil testing lab, or you can mail them in. Uh, the University of Minnesota has a soil testing laboratory that'll do lawn, garden, or agricultural field uh, soil test samples. Uh, a general analysis costs somewhere between eighteen and twenty dollars for for what most people need for a single sample. Uh, and as far as timing, any time of the year works best. Uh, you know, any time that it's the ground isn't frozen, it would be a little bit easier for you. Uh, or after a rain like what we just got. Uh, and uh, as far as the um, uh, the turnaround time is typically around, uh, you know, a week or two uh, for in most cases. Still uh, just about a minute to go. A quick one. Can we still use weed and feed for dandelions? You can use weed and feed products. I generally recommend against not using them because they're just not all that effective. Uh, if you already have it purchased, you know, feel free to use it. But I would look at just selectively controlling dandelions using a spot sprayer, just using a little hand sprayer. Uh, with uh, some kind of liquid pre-mixed chemicals work best uh, for just spot spraying as opposed to broadcasting the weed and feed product across the whole lawn. And Julie, uh, invite folks uh, to get to the Arboretum and check out that uh, new expanded uh, Apple House and come uh, hear the uh, abiders. Yeah, we're playing tonight in Buffalo at Jay's Down Under. Um, Also, if you didn't get your question answered, be sure to visit our website at extension.umn.edu. They, we also have a tool on that called Ask Extension, and you can uh, enter your and email in your question to a whole slew of master gardeners who are just waiting to help you out. Absolutely. Thank you both. Always good to hear from you, Julie and John. Uh, and we probably could have gone on for another, oh, three, four days, <laughs> I think, with, uh, with the amount of text we had. So we apologize to our listeners not getting to all of them. But uh, let's do this again. Sounds good. Thanks, Denny. All right. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, John. Thank you. Julie Weisenhorn and John Traffy from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, Andy Lindis coming along next hour answering those uh, home improvement questions. Just a reminder, tomorrow morning I'll be filling in to Susie Jones with a sleep doctor. We'll talk your sleep tomorrow morning in the 7 o'clock hour. 46 degrees now in the Twin Cities. Stay with us on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.